you know what impressed Pharaoh the most that gave Joseph a promotion and gave him uh, Joseph the authority to uh, govern in the natural as well as in the spirit he gave Pharaoh the solution to the problem this is supernatural business in times of crisis the podcast I'm Andrew Montesi, and I created this show to help empower and equip you to take on the impossible in business. This isn't your average business podcast. In the midst of a global crisis, I interview powerful leaders who will take you deeper, revealing how to operate in business from your position of power in God's kingdom, in faith instead of fear, helping you advance in adversity. There's supernatural breakthrough available for your business and your life today. Hey, thanks for tuning in. You're about to hear Adam Thompson bring deep revelation to help you unlock the power of heaven in your business. Adam leads a global prophetic ministry with a remarkable grace for interpreting dreams and visions. Supernatural signs and manifestations regularly accompany his ministry as he desires to see Jesus magnified through the moving of the Holy Spirit. Adam is the co-author of the best-selling book, The Divinity Code to Understanding Your Dreams and Visions, and also wrote The Supernatural Man and the recently released The Elijah Invitation. While Adam is now an itinerant minister, preaching and teaching all over the world, he also has a background in business, having had success in a number of industries, including construction and advertising. In this interview, we go deep, looking at business from the perspective of the spirit realm. Adam talks about how business leaders can operate in the prophetic to navigate challenging times, what role dreams and visions play in our businesses and lives, what the future holds for believers in business, Adam's supernatural stories from his life and ministry, and many other crucial keys to overcoming. There's so much powerful insight here for you to receive, so listen carefully and enjoy the discussion with Adam Thompson. Adam, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me, Andrew. Now, what does the world of an itinerant minister look like when the world is in lockdown? Uh, Good question. Um, I was supposed to be in Austria at the moment and I had a European tour and crossed between Europe and America. So I was going to be away for 11 weeks, but my whole tour of 11 weeks is completely wiped out and shut down and with the circumstances right now and who knows what it's going to look like in the future but um, you know the way I see it is I think with what's happening with the world right now uh, I'm not saying God's the author of it but I think he's allowing some stuff because it brings out you know it can bring out some stuff inside of you and test you to see what where you know what you're made of and you know where your heart is at so I really believe the intimacy, my, you know, this is a challenge for me is to spend more time with the Lord. I mean, I do I do spend time with the Lord, but I really want to uh, just uh, seek him out to another level uh, in God where um, uh, this is a season where I just want to uh, become more intimate with him. And, and, I, and I really believe that uh, uh, God and having a relationship with the eternal God is more important than ministry. And uh, and then after that is is making allowing your family to be in order. So at this stage, I'd say that God is really sort of challenging me to um, to to really pray. And I'm going to go on a season of fasting. And uh, and I'm expecting some kind of visitation, which I always have. And when I do this, and I haven't done this for a while, it's been in my heart to do it. And I thought I did actually think I'm going to put aside maybe a month next year to do something like this. But obviously. It's happening organically, you know what I mean? So. 
Yeah, wow. I mean, it's it's fascinating. I mean, everyone's going through some kind of change, but as an itinerant minister, I mean, you you kind of hinted at it. Things aren't only changing now, but they could really change forever. I mean, what what does the future look like um, at this point that you can see? Um, well, I really um, I really see that um, uh, God is allowing some stuff. He's actually allowing a shaking coming, and then God gave me a word when I finished my last tour we did do one tour this year uh in um uh in australia we did a five-week tour five conferences in a row and uh, we i was coming back i was in cairns uh queensland and i was coming back and uh home and i was in the delta lounge no not delta lounge sorry i was in the version lounge and i usually have an angel and i had this encounter some of those who don't know me that well back in 2006 the lord sent me an angel uh, which gives me words of knowledge and gives me visions and i operate in the seer realm and um usually it turns up and i have a manifestation of that when i'm at the pulpit when i'm seeing somebody i'm seeing what's wrong with them the condition of their heart or their liver or you know you know their child or what's what's happening in their life and then it usually brings a, a, a increases their faith, and they receive healings or miracles. But this this angel came to me in the Virgin Lounge, surprisingly, and it was behind me. And I always sense I don't see it with the naked eye, but I sense it kind of leaning on me, like kind of sort of with its shoulder leaning on me. And it's kind of if you know, it's kind of like it's speaking to me. But when it speaks, I get these visions, a panoramic visions. And I saw this vision, um, and this is to do with today, what's happening. The Lord showed me, this is before it started to get really worse and before all the lockdowns. The Lord showed me this, this beautiful landscape, green landscape of a, of a crystal clear, it looked like glass, a glass head. And within the head of a man, it, it actually had these brick walls, brown walls inside the glass. But there was this great shaking happening and uh, the trees fell over and there was cracks in the, in the earth. But... The head didn't shatter, uh, but the walls fell down and just completely um, were destroyed. And the Lord told me that these walls were the man's mindset. It's actually the the logic of man and what they know now in the natural. And uh, uh, and the Lord showed me there's a shaking coming, and uh, well, this shaking is not to be fearful or scared because it says. In Colossians one seventeen says, "In Christ all things hold together, but outside of Christ everything falls apart." And um, so, I want to encourage you if you're in the Lord and you're and you're actually in a safe place. But there's a lot of there's a shaking coming where things are going to fall apart financially, uh, at many levels, uh, when it comes to the job situation, uh, family, uh, and I I really believe that this is to plough the hardened hearts and it says in Hosea I think it's Hosea 12 10 or 10 12 uh, I'm not sure exactly but it's Hosea says God is ploughing the hardened grounds of the hardened hearts and it's time to seek the Lord and and what happens is God allow these allows these things to happen where people become like uh, primed or they're vulnerable and they come to a place where they're ready to receive anything because the Lord showed me that the future when it comes to all what people believe in, their belief systems of political correctness or extreme left or extreme right or whatever they believe in is all going to mean nothing in the future because what's coming to earth 
is going to actually bring people to a place of vulnerability and they're actually going to be receiving Christ beyond your comprehension. There's going to be people you wouldn't even imagine are going to repent before the Lord. And it's going to be so big, this harvest, where uh, you it's like with a prison guard when the, when, when, when Paul and Silas was in actually in, in, in prison and, and the earth shook and the prison guard said, what must I do to be saved? And uh, it's going to be like that with people you, you wouldn't even imagine, friends, people even the hardest person you think is going to come before you and say, what must I do to be saved? The harvest is massive. It's going to be huge uh, in the future. And what uh, it kind of makes sense when the Lord says in the scriptures, he says that the harvest is plentiful and the workers are few. And before all this, you think in Australia that that scripture wasn't really relevant to society because no one really you know in australia you start talking about the law they're looking at it like you're some exhibit from the zoo but <laughs> but uh, but but there's going to be a time where people are going to be listening they're going to have ears to hear so i want to just encourage the listeners out there to fasten your seatbelt. the shaking is not to destroy you but it's it's ready to prime the hearts and there's going to be a massive harvest so this is this decade i see a lot of shaking coming that's awesome so so as a, a business owner or business leader listening to this, how should they be positioning themselves? Because um, they may believe and understand what you're saying and, and that this shaking is coming, but how do they actually position themselves to be rock solid through, through the process? Okay, well, when you look at um, a couple of my favourite prophets in the Old Testament, uh, Daniel and Joseph, um, they were men who seek God and they were men who uh, had this intimate relationship with the Lord. And uh, Daniel, when there was times where he was so intimate, but they had these laws came in and kind of reminds me a little bit today. And it wasn't, you know, this is what's happening now is not necessarily discriminating against religion because it's also discriminating against sport as well. Everything's shut down and you can't even, you can't even go to church. You can't even, you know, have public gatherings. So, but, you know, I believe this is a time to really seek God and come into that place of being intimate with him because, you know, in my devotion times, and I've been a businessman, right, and God's given me downloads and given me strategies, right? God can give us strategies in, in, in anything in life. He can give you a mapping, a strategy with visions and dreams when it comes to your church if you're a pastor, but God can do it with your business as well. And devotions is not necessarily, you know, task praying and yelling out and crying out to God and begging. We can do that, and I'm going to do that when I'm out in the wilderness, you know, because I'm going to go out and fast and pray next week. I was supposed to be in Europe uh, right now, but I'm going to go out up north and I'm going to um, uh, pray and fast for 20 days and I'm going to seek God and, and I'm going uh, to cry out to God. There's times we need to do that, contend with the Lord. But devotions for me is actually meditation. It's using your imagination. Uh, the word metamorphosis is, uh, is, means transformation. And when you Google metamorphosis, you actually see a worm transforming into a butterfly. And uh, what that means is that um, as you fix your mind, and it says, uh, uh, it says in Hebrews, as you fix your eyes on the author and the finish of our faith, Right, we must do that. But also in, 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 in Colossians three it says, Set your mind on things where above where Christ is seated. So we we are we inherit the kingdom of God. 
we are royal priests. Our identity first is to, what we need to do first is get our identity in our spirit that we are, we are sons and daughters and we actually inherit the whole kingdom. Whatever God has, we inherit it. So once we, once we settle with that, then we can start to wrap the promises of God and you can Google a lot of promises in the word and start wrapping your imagination about around with your businesses and what you see your business doing and the prosperity God wants to bless you with, start to, when that time of worship and that time of meditation, start wrapping your mind around the promises of God and see yourself doing things, see yourself doing the impossible, hmm. right? That's how I, I see them. That's how I see God manifest stuff on the earth in the natural. That's how I see uh, promises being fulfilled in the natural. It's called governing the kingdom. And a mature believer is not necessarily begging God and and wanting to be, you know, in that stage of being wet nursed by its pastor. A mature believer is actually governing the kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. It's actually coming to that place of meditation, coming to that place of, of dream encounters, and you have the authority to change the spiritual atmosphere and see the natural laws bend. You see, our calling is to not to have not to submit to the laws of physics, but the laws of physics submit to you. And you can do that by coming to that place of meditation. And first of all it's worship, worshiping him, coming to that place of establishing your identity, and then out of the overflow in the presence of God God will give you visions when you're half awake and half asleep when you're lying there. Some of us, when we're worshipping the Lord, we might be lying there and we might be going in and out of like a sleep mode and it's called a trance. You're not awake, you're not asleep, you're just lying there and you're going kind of a trance and you see these images rush through your mind. You see these images go through your spirit and that's what happened to the Apostle Peter on the rooftop in the book of Acts. He was, he was worshipping the Lord, but he went into a trance and he had these visions. So when God speaks to you that way in visions and revelations, you, you start to have a, a, an idea. God gives you a revelation how to govern. How, he gives you a mapping of how to speak into your business. He gives you a mapping of how to speak into your family uh, or into your church. And God gives me inventions and gave me some ideas and uh, we can do that uh, by just being spending time with him. And um, you know, a lot of business people get these downloads and inventions by who are Christians. And one of them is a man called R. G. Latorno. Uh, have you heard about him? No. no yeah. I haven't. Well, there's a man called R. G. Latorno. Um, is uh, this is back um, in the last century? where he was a Christian businessman, but he tithed 90% of his wealth. And he was intimate with the Lord, and he wrote a book, uh, and the the book is called, uh, just bear with me for a minute, the book is called Mover of Men and Mountains. So he invented the excavator. He invented the uh, uh, machines that move mountains. All right, so the book is called Mover of Men and mountains, and his name is R.G. Latorno. God gave him so many inventions, and because he was so hungry to fulfil God's will, he got tithed ninety percent of his wealth. I mean, that's that's a real challenge to do that. Yeah. But the prosperity he came into, and the downloads God gave him, one of them was uh, the oil riggers out at sea. He invented that. He invented the tree lobber. 
he invented uh, the little electric wheel that pulls the aircrafts along at the front of the plane. Uh, there's so incredible. much that it, yeah. it is incredible. And this guy's a Christian. But the wealth, when he sold his companies, I think, I think at the end he was worth about a half a billion dollars, $500 million. But he distributed into the kingdom. And um, one of the things that uh, being a businessman in the past, I remember this Christian, Christian businessman said, when I earn this amount, I'm going to give this amount to God. But the reality is it's all God's. Mm. Yeah. So this man gave it all to God. He distributed it into Bible colleges, universities, you know, crusades, so on and so forth. So what you've been talking about is spiritual realities. Yeah. So what about as, you know, a person in business, they're seeing all these things happening in the natural, um, a broken economy, revenue drying up, layoffs. For those who don't have as much experience in understanding spiritual realities, what's actually happening in the spirit when they're seeing all these things happen in the natural? Okay, well, I really believe that there's a transfer, transfer of, this is a time of transfer of wealth. I really believe that for the believers, all right? And um, fear, I believe in the laws of attraction, and fear can open up the wrong doors. Fear, trauma, uh, can open up the wrong doors for spirits, unclean spirits to torment you. I'm not saying that you're not saved if you're fearful. You know, we can be in the grace of God and eternal life is a gift. But uh, to fulfill the destiny in our life is another thing, separate, right? Yeah. So God, we can, we've got the gift of eternal life, but there's a difference between having well done, good and faithful servant with that. So f- it's easy to go into fear in this situation, especially when, uh, you know, when... You've got to pay rent and there's no business, and I understand that. And, you know, it's a, it's a trying time. Um, but I really believe that, um, um, that God wants us to come into a place uh, where we, uh, we, we ask the Lord and we come into that place where we actually activate uh, prosperity. Now, um, prosperity can come supernaturally. I believe in hard work, right? I really believe in hard work, and I believe it's uh, you know if you got a um, if you have a degree uh, in in studies when it comes to uh, uh, an industry, uh, you know I think that's great, and you've got to be good at what you do. But I, I believe that God doesn't want us to be a, sl- a slave to the system. Yeah. Right. He doesn't want us to be the slave to the system of men. And the problem is with that is if we're, if we're coming to under that system, we're going to be working, be, become workaholics. And I've been in that situation as a businessman where I'm a workaholic and you're earning enough to survive, but at the same time you're missing out on your family and you're actually isolated in your office anyway. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And you might be making money to survive and that's fine. But I really believe that God wants us to come into the system of the kingdom, of God's system, the kingdom economy, right? Where uh, that is all part of uh, the blessing that Abraham received. And when you look at the book of Genesis, Genesis 15, the Lord showed Abraham the stars, the multitudes, and he showed his descendants that he was going to be, the Lord was going to give to him. But, but Abraham had this blessing, a promise that was given to him, and he became a very, very wealthy man. The Lord told him 
to leave his parents, right, in Genesis, and there was a land his, God has promised, promised him that he's going to give uh, uh, Abraham, or was Abram at the time. But what he did, as soon as Abram got up and left his parents and he went and he heard the word of the Lord and he obeyed it, he went straight into a famine, right? And this famine, you sort of go, Lord, I thought you were speaking to me. This doesn't make sense. You know, everything's drying up. Um, and so what happened is he went into, as we know the story, most of us, we went. he went into Egypt. But the thing is, he wasn't supposed to go to Egypt, but he went to Egypt. But with the circumstances that took place, uh, he came out of it a very wealthy man. All right? You know, Pharaoh saw his beautiful wife, which he kind of lied. It was, you know, he said he was his sister. It was his, it was his sister, but it was his half-sister. But, but he kind of lied out of fear. But the thing is, God blessed Abraham, and he came out of Egypt very, very wealthy. And um, uh, so I want to just encourage you out there that don't have your eyes on the circumstances, all right? We come into this eternal, supernatural currency, uh, kingdom currency, that's connected to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Uh, Jacob had it, you know, he had the blessing that came upon him everywhere he went, even though Jacob was a little bit, uh, he was a little bit of a deceiver, but he, he still tapped into that currency where the favour of God was over his life, and even Laban, his uncle, saw that. There was such a supernatural favour over his life because it was imparted uh, from, uh, from Isaac, okay? So Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, rather than Esau, when you read Genesis 27, uh, you know, um, Isaac was supposed to impart this spiritual blessing into Esau, but, um, you know, Jacob deceived Esau, but he took on this blessing. And when when Isaac prayed this prayer, and when you listen carefully, and I think it's Genesis 27, he said, I bless you with the dew of heaven, the riches of the earth, the wine, the grain, and nations will bow down to you. So this is such a supernatural blessing of the kingdom currency that's over his life and over our lives. The Jew of heaven, which is we're standing under that door, standing open to heaven, which brings the, the, the currency, that brings a supernatural blessing. The riches of the earth and what happens out of that meditation and with the door standing open in heaven, it brings the laws of attraction, the wealth of the wicked exchange in the hands of the righteous. The wine, the grain, and that can be many levels. The wine can be the joy of heaven, right? Uh, the grain is obviously, you know, um, can be the revelation, can be the word, but also can be prosperity of not being in want. And uh, nations will serve you. Right now, Joseph had that as well, where the nations came to him, nations bow down to him. Right, and he was a classic example of the fruit of that. But I want to just encourage believers out there right now that we, it's time for us to change our thinking and not looking at the circumstances. Come into this place of intimacy where we we receive a supernatural blessing. Right, I have people right now in this situation. People send me money. I don't even know why. They just send me money, right? And it's not about just begging or anything like that. People just send me money, right? And I don't feel like I deserve it. And I remember a prophet, a prophet came to me once, another prophet, and said, Adam, God's just going to give it to you without even you doing anything, right? 
Now, I believe in hard work, but God wants to supernaturally provide for you all and bless you so you can be free from from that fear of worrying about when the next meal's coming in or how am I going to pay my rent. And then he gives you he, he gives you that freedom so you can get the job done of what God's called you to do for your mandate. All right? Now, this is what I love, the passage of Scripture in um, Matthew 17. It was when Jesus had to pay tax. All right? And the tax man was summoning Jesus and his disciples. And the Lord said, well, just, you know, this is a great example. The Lord said to Peter, look, just throw your line out. The first fish you catch is going to have a very valuable coin. And it's going to pay for all of us, all right? Even probably lunch as well, maybe. You know, who knows? It's going to pay for everything. Your tax and mine. I mean, that must be a very valuable coin. Now, Peter went out and did that. Supernaturally, God provided. Okay? Jesus was above the system. All right, and I'm going to probably give you some tips because I'm I'm sensing in my spirit maybe when someone is listening to this in the future going to say okay well how do I do this I'm going to give you some tips all right? yeah, go for it. but what happened is that um, when Peter put the line out to catch the fish it provided for everybody but there's also a layer of revelation in this okay there's a layer another layer that's why I love the Word of God where when you read the Word of God it's like a diamond. When you look at a diamond at different angles, there's so many facets of color. And the Word of God's like that. You can read it, and you literally get you, you literally read an event that took place. But there's a there's in the narrative there's actually a revelation out of it. Now, fish can mean can actually be a metaphor for revelation. In the natural, as a Christian, we usually think fish can be believer, and that's true. As an, Jesus said, "I'm going to make you fishes of men." And you see the symbol on the back of the car with the fish on it, and you know I don't have that because I, I cut people off when I drive, <laughs> so, so I don't have that on the back of my car. But that means believer, right? But a fish can also mean revelation. So back, when you read John twenty-one, you know this is just after when the disciples encountered Jesus. He actually walked through the wall, and that's classic example of the laws of physics obeying him rather than he obeying the laws of physics because he was you know raised from the dead and he was in the flesh supernaturally it was really bizarre how that happened but he was the ultimate being or what it is to be a son supernaturally and what happened is they had this encounter the disciples they had an encounter with jesus and uh they thought that was a great experience so then what they do they go back to work they started thinking how we're going to get our income and how we're going to okay we had this experience i guess we've got to go back to work and we, we can't just, you know, live off nothing. So they went back to work and they couldn't f- catch anything all night. All night they were fishing. And it's almost like kind of they went back to that same spot where Jesus first met them. And he said, look, I'm going to make you fishers of men. But in John 21, they were fishing all night. They were laboring all night. And the sun was rising and it was the morning. And they saw this man on the, on the shore and he said, have you caught anything? And he said, nah, we've been fishing all night. Cast your net on the right side. And um, by now, I would have probably thought that was Jesus. But they still didn't recognize it was Jesus. So they they cast their net on the right side. And all of a sudden, the nets were so full again. This is the second type of encounter that happened when they first met Jesus. And towards the end, it happened again. So when the nets were full, filled with fish, the penny dropped. It was kind of like, wow. That's the Lord. Yeah. That's Jesus at the shore. And then Peter become an Olympic swimmer. 
and uh, he he ran and he, sw- he, he he swam and ran to Jesus. And what was Jesus cooking? He was cooking fish. So my point is that fish can be a metaphor for revelation. Now getting back to Matthew 17, when Jesus said, "Pursue a li- like uh, draw a line out and catch a fish and you'll find a valuable coin. Well, the layer of revelation on this, the parable behind this, the revelation in this passage of scripture, as you pursue God, drawing a line out into the waters means pursuing God. And as you pursue God, you're going to find revelation. You're going to get downloads. You're going to get inventions. You're going to get creative ideas. And in that revelation, there's a very valuable coin. There's prosperity. There's wealth. All right? So my point is, the more you spend time supernaturally with the Lord, you have that freedom to do it, God's going to give you actually downloads to be able to, to, to invent. It gives you downloads for business strategies to create wealth. It's going to give you ideas. And that's what happened with the Jews. The Jews had that ability to come up with creative ideas and had, um, had the prosperity that came upon them. And that's why they're some of the wealthiest people in the world. So good. Yeah. Just an amazing <laughs> word there. I'm like, yeah. You really nailed that for me, but I think um, for my situation. But I think, as you said, I think there's going to be others listening to this because um, it's what you tapped into. It's that challenge to come out of that self-dependence of feeling yeah. like I have to provide, I have to do it myself. Yes, God can bless me in my business while I work extremely hard to do it. Yeah, but um, you know, even what He's been talking to me over the last six to twelve months, He's been leading me out of that to so, say. You know, you've done well, kind of stewarding with through hard work, but now the next season is is me providing for you in a supernatural way. And yeah, I, I, I've like just that. recently spoken to a friend. I can't mention his name because he he told me in confidence. He he he's inspired me even to go further. But he's doing that same thing where he's spending time with the Lord. And he knows what it's like to be a workaholic. I mean, many people become workaholic and they they can die of cardiac arrest. You know, like. Uh, and there's nothing wrong with hard work, but this guy, he, he just recently got a million dollars given to him. Wow. And he just said, I don't really deserve yeah. this. A million dollars given to him, and he's got the freedom now to do what God's called him to do. He just doesn't, he's like, this is so awesome. I don't have to worry. I don't have no fear now about, it's almost like when you watch Forrest Gump, when Lieutenant Dan said, we invented something. I put some money in a fruit company. It was really Apple. <laughs> and he said, Lieutenant Dan doesn't have to worry about money anymore. I guess that's a good thing. And then he just went on mowing lawns, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it's kind of like that, where God wants you to be free from the concerns because that's what shuts you down is the, and brings the laws of attraction in a negative way is fear and worry and concern. Worry about you looking at your beautiful little child. How am I going to feed this mouth, you know. Mm. And that's, those sort of things can really clamp up everything and and actually bring a curse. The curse of the world system comes upon you. Yeah, it's a good word. Now on to, um, I guess, to. it's hard to know where to start with you on this, given that dreams and visions is is your world. Yeah. But I guess, in short, for business people, how can dreams and, and visions help us navigate our, our way through a challenge? I mean, I'm just thinking of guys that I know in business, not even believers, who 
who are getting pro- they're prolific dreamers. It's like all of them they're prolific dreamers, and they've got no grid for what's happening. And as I've been going down this journey, I've been able to start help them unpack it. But it's made me think, geez. There must be a lot of business people out there where the Holy Spirit's really speaking to them through dreams and visions, but they've got no grid or context to be able to do anything with it. Yeah, interesting you say that. I recently now I'm not a, I'm not doing business right now. Well, I'm kind of I'm I'm an author and I'm selling books, but I've signed with a US label and um, and I do. There is a measure of business to what I do, uh, but someone. Uh, and I used to do this. Uh, someone did ask me to invest into this business. Um, and it was kind of like a little bit of pressure, but it wasn't too much, but it felt a bit like pressure to do it. And, you know, all the pies in the sky and this is going to be floated on the stock exchange and, you know, all this sort of stuff. And that happens a lot. And some of them can be real gold nuggets, you know, mm. uh, underneath the you know underneath the pitch, you know. But what God, you know, that night, I had a vivid dream that I there was a vivid dream that I did invest into it and I lost it. I lost the money. Now there was a parable behind it, but the interpretation was that I uh, lost the money, and um, you know uh, that gave me the, the confirmation not to invest into it. So it's, it's pure and simple, mm. and God wants us to um, uh, he. He wants us to be walking by the Spirit and be led uh, to do that. Now, in a good way, when you read Jeremiah, this is the this is the good thing about Jeremiah thirty-one. Is that now? This is a time when you look back in Jeremiah thirty-one. The Babylonians have started to invade the country of Israel. You know, it's like not looking good, and uh, houses have been destroyed. Things have been burnt down. I mean, the property property value went went down to zero, mm. right? But when you read it, it doesn't actually say he had a dream. But great scholars, when you read it, and I really believe he had a dream. They said that he, there's a possibility he had a dream in the night. Where Jeremiah, the Lord's the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah and said, "Your cousin's going to offer you some property, and uh, you need to buy it now." Um, that was the word of the Lord it came to. And the word of the Lord can come to you in a dream and a vision. Because listen to this. Before the Torah, right, mm. people were having dreams. You know? Uh, you know, Joseph. And this is, you know, so Joseph, it says in Psalms 107 that Joseph was shackled hand and foot. His brothers betrayed him. Sent a, he was sent ahead of his brothers so the word of the Lord can be confirmed. What was the word of the Lord? There was no Torah back then. It was the dream. Yeah. So the more you spend time with the Lord, the more you're going to have godly dreams. The more you watch violence, like stuff that's really off, the more you're opening up wrong doors and you'll have demons torment you. Uh, so, But the more you spend time with the Lord, the more you're intimate with him, the more he can speak to you and communicate with you. And he'll give you the revelation out of the dream. Uh, and even though it's in a parable, don't be freaked out by that God will reveal it to you the more you're intimate with him so when you read Mark 4 Jesus said to his disciples those on the outside I speak to them in parables but he looked at his disciples and said to you I unlock the mysteries I reveal the mysteries of the kingdom so you know Jeremiah had this dream getting back to Jeremiah and the word of the Lord came to him is your cousin's going to give you 
buy your cousin's property and then next minute he was his cousin came to him and said I've got this property offered to you and it was a desperate situation and it was um, 17 shekels of silver right and uh, 17 is a number of complete rest which is interesting but he but that was very cheap apparently when I did the research mm. like today's today I think uh, I think it's something like um, uh, I think it was a hundred today it's about a hundred or, or no it's ten thousand dollars or twenty thousand uh, dollars now but the property back then would have been worth a million you know what I mean yeah. so everything just crashed so there was a transference of wealth um, and Jeremiah did this trade in a time of chaos around you know like things were falling apart it's like everybody's getting wiped out and and Jeremiah heard this from the Lord and he actually bought this property and he said this is for yourself the word of the Lord said this is for yourself so in this time of chaos and as you uh, uh, as you're in the spirit and you're spending time with him God's going to speak to you he's going to give you strategies right and if it's in a parable form ask the Lord to reveal it to you see um, you know Someone, many people say to me, I had a dream and it made no sense. Right? But the more you spend intimate time with him, the more he will unlock the mysteries and he will give you a strategy. And I, I mean, we do have the, and this is not a commercial, there's a book called The Divinity Code, Understanding Dreams and Visions, which I have written with my co-author friend, Adrian Bill, that has a dictionary of 3,000 metaphors with an average of 10 to 15 scripture references and backings with that. So I want to encourage you to get that as well. That can help you. But the Holy Spirit is the one that unlocks mysteries. So when you get a dream in the night, don't just brush it off, all right? Uh, God can be speaking to you. And Jeremiah came into this prosperity and blessing. And the thing is, everybody was, was, was um, chained hand and foot and taken to Babylon but Jeremiah was let. He was he was released by Nebuchadnezzar, and he was free in this time of trial because he's the only one who stood his ground. He was the only one who didn't shrink back. He was the only one that actually stood with the Lord and trusted in Him, and God spoke to him that way. So, you mentioned the book, and again, not to do another ad for you, but it's um, you know getting that book a couple of years ago changed everything for my wife and I just completely helped us make sense of um, what the Holy Spirit was talking to us about and those um, those metaphors were just just incredible um, in terms of unlocking revelation and understanding but I guess and I, I know that particularly in the book and and with what you do you, you do teach through this in terms of interpretation what are some other tips that you would give to business people in terms of helping them um, understand and interpret these dreams and to perhaps even go a little bit deeper than what may appear on the surface of, of a dream? Okay, well, with a dream, when you look at a dream, and it might, might not make sense, uh, the context is the king when it comes to a dream interpretation, right? So it's not a formula, right? Dream interpretation when it comes to metaphors, you look up in the dictionary, well, cat means this so it must be that you know in the dream no it, it has nothing to do with you know really of a formula 
It's actually uh, the metaphors are in that book are there in case you have no idea what you mean, what it means to you. Yeah. All right. So in other words, if you have a dream and you got, remember this couple um, had a dream of of their dog ran away and was lost. Right. Now you can look up a dictionary dog, black dog, that can mean depression. Oh wow, it's no formula. But I ask them the question, all right? What does your dog mean to you? What are, you know, what is because God speaks to you. As he spoke to the fishermen, he uses metaphors like he uses fishes metaphors to speak to the fishermen. He uses sowing and reaping metaphors to speak to the farmer. He uses talents to speak to the businessman. He used these metaphors that relate to them, and it can also have a lot to do with culture as well, like the colour red in China is a positive thing. right? Colour red uh, could also mean the blood of Jesus. All right? The colour yellow can be royalty in, in Malaysia. So it all depends what... The culture is God will speak to you in your culture and he'll relate to you in your dreams because he wants it, wants it personally to be a peg for you and it means something to you rather than, you know, like a formula. So, um, for example, this, this woman who had this dream about her dog ran away, I said, so you lo- she loved her dog. She was really devastated. Right? Now... Usually when a couple have an empty nest, right, the children are left, they usually get a dog or they dote over the dogs and they, you know, because it's kind of the same mentality of looking after your children, you automatically do it to your dogs, your pets, because you love them, right? And I asked her the question, have you had, you know, I said, do you have a son or a daughter or a daughter? I said, has your daughter fallen out with you and she's ran away from home and she's like... You, you haven't, you know, you haven't had any connection with her, and she started crying. Right? So, it's you can see what I'm saying yeah, here. Yeah. That's how God can speak to us, and God was re- relating uh, this to her of something that's precious to her, right? And um, now, why didn't the question is, why didn't God just use the daughter, you know, in the dream? Well, the thing is, um, God wants this wants this woman to seek out. God and be more intimate, and um, and when I released this this revelation about her being a daughter, she broke down and cried because if she had the dream of her daughter running away, she probably would have shut down all the defence and yeah. shut the door and all, and just didn't want to know about it. Right? It's a bit like when Nathaniel approached David when he committed adultery. Right? When when Nathaniel. In the Old Testament approached David, King David, when he committed adultery. You know, if he approached him and went for the juggler, David would have been would have resisted it. He would yeah. have put the defence up. He would have shut the blinds. You know what I mean? Yeah. But uh, David spoke to him in a parable, which is very interesting. He said, "There was a oh, there's a matter I want to talk to you about. This very wealthy man he had so much in the land. He took his poor man's lamb." from his neighbour who was a poor man took his lamb and slaughtered and ate it before and David said this man must die so you see so and then Nathan said you're the man mm. so he's using this parable yep. to have all defence down and this the same thing what happened with this woman because she had this resistance with her daughter and she had a fallout and she didn't want to really know it kind of it was like she she rejected her daughter 
and this brought such a revelation to her. Does that make sense? Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. So that's how God speaks to us in dreams. But the more we spend time and be intimate with him, ask, you know, one thing that helped me is praying in tongues a lot. Now, if you're not, if you never pray in tongues and you don't know what that means, and but you you receive Christ as your saviour, you're still saved. But praying in tongues empowers you. But also, it, it says you pray, you utter mysteries, and God brings mysteries to you when you pray in tongues throughout the day. And I do that when I'm driving in the car. I do that while I'm sort of listening to the word, and God can unlock mysteries with the power of the Holy Spirit. Were there any particular dreams, visions, encounters that you had, um, I guess, in your own story and history, particularly around in your transition from business to ministry that really stood out, that have stood out to you as really pivotal and key moments? Yeah, I'll just, in fact, I'll tell you one I was going to tell you, but uh, someone else's vision about, um, it was this woman who came to me and now, this is to do with the church, and this can happen in business as well, right? And this is just giving a strategy. Mm-hmm. And she came to me, she said, oh, I don't know about all this vision stuff, and dreams. I've kind of shut it down. I said, why? Oh, I was an intercessor for this church, and this church, was the lease was going to be running out, and they were going to kick out the church. They had nowhere to go. It was like a bit of a critical time. And we were praying, the intercessors, with the pastor. And I had this vivid vision of this building just about next to a train track. And I knew there was a train track up here. And I said, guys, God spoke. It was vivid. There's a a building not far away from here. I saw our building in the vision and I saw this other building. And we go over there and no building. And they're like... And I just went... "Mm." And she felt embarrassed. They said, look, I, I don't know about this about this dreams and vision stuff uh, the past was questioning and I said well um, I said can I ask a question did the lease did, did you end up losing the, the lease she said no actually surprisingly through prayer it got re-signed and we're back nothing's changed we signed another long term lease and everything's okay now I said, okay, well, you know what that means? You know what the dream meant? It means that the lease of that building was going to go back on track. Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah. you know what I mean? So yeah. if, if you had the wisdom to discern it from the Holy Spirit, it's not my wisdom, but the Holy Spirit brings the wisdom that it's kind of like that, I don't know if you remember that movie called Pictionary. Uh, not a movie, sorry, it's a movie. Game. Uh, the game called Pictionary. Uh, and it's also, it's like a game show host where you have to, there was a guy where it was a game show host where you have to try and guess these these riddles, images. I think it was called Catchphrase, was it? Or no, I'm not, sure. not Wheel of Fortune. No. There was, these, there was these images and you had to sort of guess what the meaning is and you saw the meaning on television and it's kind oh, of these... I can't remember. I can't remember. Anyway, it was, a, it was a quiz show. It is kind of like that with Dreams and Visions. It's in riddles and... God speaks to you that way. And the reason why he speaks to you that way is that God created our mind to be very powerful and very um, full of visions, okay? The the spirit realm is is visionary. Yes, the spirit realm is, is full of visions and dreams, okay? Because it's, it's having eyes to see, okay? Jesus said, 
I only do what I see my father does. Okay? So we can hear it, you can get an audible voice, but you know when before we had the GPSs on our phone, if you were some of you might have experienced where you're lost driving around and someone's trying to explain to you how to get somewhere and after about a good two minutes they're giving you all these landmarks and you go you know, you turn left, you go here, you see the McDonald's, and after McDonald's you go right, you come past a school, and then you see, you know, a playground, and you go, hang on a minute, I've got to write this down, mate. Um, yeah, this is too hard to take it in. But when you actually see a map, you see something visual, right, it makes it so much easier for you to get to the destination. Yeah. And that's how God's created our mind. It's kind of like join the dots, okay? God gives metaphors are like pegs, but there's actually through the pegs, there's a narrative behind it, a, a revelation behind it that brings, that empowers you and brings you to your destination. I guess to to evolve, what you're talking about here is kind of leading me into um, the other area that I want to talk to you about is is atmospheres. So, particularly in a time of crisis, there's an atmosphere of crisis. You know, like business owners walking in, layoffs, like yeah, bleeding in business. How do we, how do we change the atmosphere from that to an atmosphere of the prophetic signs, wonders, and, yeah. and the spirit? Okay. Now, you're saying as a um, the atmosphere in the whole office? Well, not necessarily a physical office. It could be a physical office, but um, I guess the atmosphere over a business, wherever that business might be trading or, or operating or barely operating. Yeah. Yeah, so you're saying to change the atmospheres supernaturally to make it function. Yeah, to fun- to come out of uh, under a to come out of that fear-based, crisis-based, yeah, uh, circumstance-based situation into yeah. a supernatural situation. Yeah. Well, you know, when I was um, interesting, you say that is that I used to have an advertising firm. I had several companies. I had an advertising firm that did all the real estate. Um, developments, I market all the develop, real estate developments, not all, but most of them, even, you know, um, Brock, Brock Real Estate, um, you know, Fairmont Homes, Marshall Thompson Homes, a lot of companies that I had favour with to do marketing. And then I had a printing business and I had also a finance company that I was a director and shareholder of. And um, so, um, and I was also involved with a shareholder in building supplies as well. So what happened was um, um, I was working long hours and there was times where financially I come to a point of make or break, you know. You know, I, I got I, I got landed. I was only like I only had about four people working for me. And I was thirty I was thirty two and I got landed this $2 million account, right? And uh, on top of all these, you know, like $100,000, $200,000 account a year, this $2 million account a year. And this is something more, even some of the agencies, how could you get that? You, you, need, you need to be fully equipped. I was just trying to, I was just fumbling all my way through. You know? <laughs> I mean, it was just like, yeah. all of a sudden, you've got this, you know, it's favour. And I was so freaked out, and I was working 15 hours a day. I'm seriously, even 18 hours a day. Coming home sometimes 3 in the morning. 
It was just so, you know, wearing suits, almost like sleeping suits, you know. And um, my, my, I never saw my wife, my kids, you know, come home, my kids would go, Dad, Mom, someone's broken into the house. You know, it was kind of like that. Yeah. But what happened was that um, uh, Todd Weatherly is a friend of mine who, and are you, I don't know if you've, have you interviewed him? No, not oh, yet. You need to, yeah. I'm telling you, he's got an incredible testimony. He was, uh, you know, he was in a place of poverty, but he supernaturally, you know, um, came into wealth and not by, you know, it's, it's not by working hard. Yeah. He was a tennis coach and he, he, he bust himself being a tennis coach, but he supernaturally did it by what I'm teaching about is yeah, coming into the intimacy with God, meditation, spending time. Yeah. And anyway, I was sort of burnt out and Todd used to see me back then and I, I was on the edge of just make or break. And I, Todd just said, look, you, you need to really come into that place of just spending, you know, some time with the Lord, a couple of hours in the morning just soaking. And I just, I haven't got time for that. I just have not, no, supernaturally God will bring that time to you. And I used to, I argue with him, I used to got to be aggro because back then I used to do my crew quite often. Right? God's dealt with me a lot from now on. Yeah. You know? I mean, we all can have our moments, but God's dealt with me. It's, it's lesser, more. Uh, it's a lot. It's a lot lesser than it used to be. But I, I, I. But Todd would just keep saying this, and I, supernaturally, um, I basically just put aside this time, and I had to come into that time of prayer and come into that time of peace. I had to sort of completely discipline my mind to wrap it around my imagination, around my identity first. As I said earlier, it's, it's just coming into your identity and knowing that you're a son, you're fully adopted by God and you're heirs to the kingdom and you inherit it as yours. Everything God has is yours. As Jesus gave the parable, the prodigal son, the jealous son was jealous and arguing about the prodigal son getting the fattened calf and he said, why are you upset? He said to the jealous son, why are you upset? Everything I have is yours. Mm. It's the same principle. And when I came into that rest and I started, just had that flow and confidence to that, I had a confidence and authority to decree into the situation. See, people beg from below, but I had this authority and this revelation what it is to be from above. You've got two citizenships. You know, we all have two citizenships, right? You know, you, you're a citizen of Australia or America or whatever country you are, you're listening to this. But we also have a citizenship of heaven, mm. right? It says in Philippians 4 that we are, we, we are citizens of heaven. And we come from that place, all right? Jesus uh, knew us before we came to this world, believe it or not. As you read the book of Jeremiah, as you read Jeremiah chapter 1, he said, I knew you before you were formed in your mother's womb. When you come to that place of stability and knowing that you are actually from above, this earth is a mission field. And you have that authority that you, God's given everything to you, the same measure is given to Jesus. That's when you can start to have authority to start speaking life into dark places, speaking speaking life and having the authority to, to prophesy life and not death mm. and start to see the things change supernaturally. And that's what I started to do. I started to start, 
having this peace that look if it doesn't work out anyway I'm still I'm inherited something bigger than this than what I'm what I'm trying to do and that changed everything for me it gave me so much confidence so much favor and supernaturally I actually my best payday out and this is the results of it one of my best paydays I had not long after that was $125,000 a year and that was 1998 sorry $125,000 a day sorry wow excuse me I had a payday of $125,000 one day uh, and that was in 1998 wow right? that was like something like a, a probably about six months after I started coming into that place yeah does that make sense? Yeah, oh, it's, it's so good because, um, you know, it's so, it feels so counterintuitive in business. You know, like I, I hear your story and I can re- it really resonates because, you know, I'm the same small operation, biting off a lot, getting favour and opportunities, but the, the blessing can end up feeling like a curse because it just bogs you down more and more. You keep racking up hours, and then someone says, "No, you just need to spend more time with God." And you go, "Are you kidding me?" Yeah, you go, I, "Exactly." You know, I've, I've had the same thing even with this podcast. It's like, oh, you know, there's more productive things. You have got that voice in the back of your head saying, "No, you should be doing more productive things that can earn you money." But it's like to just shift perspective. It feels uncomfortable, but it's so good to hear you say that it actually takes you into something much bigger, and that the way God operates and the kingdom operates is just outside of what we know in the natural well you know the more i now i change talking about changing atmospheres the more i spend time in that place and i'm going to go away and i i I always build my imagination to the point where it becomes so real of me being in heavenly places and that's a reality Mm. you know that is actually a reality one of my friends said to me once i can't mention his name he's he spends a lot of time with the Lord. And he said, you know, I had a visitation from Jesus. I said, yeah. He goes, yeah, he spoke to me. Said, Get out of here. Really? Yeah. He said, the Lord told me that I, I want to get to know you more. He's like, he's thought, Lord, I spend time. He goes, I spend a lot of time with you. What do you mean to get to know me? He goes, no, 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 you don't understand. Because we were really close friends before you came to earth. Wow. So... You know, you we existed before we came here, mm. right? And once we start to understand, we start reversing our whole thinking of who we really are, man, you change atmospheres. Yeah. Jesus is the ultimate of us, but we're co-heirs with him. We're co-workers. Uh, we're, Christ is in us. The hope of glory, Colossians 1, which is the great one of my favorite scriptures, you're actually a carrier of the glory. The hope of glory, Christ in you. You basically, he did all that as a prototype for you. Right? So the thing that blows my mind is that when you go into a, into a, into a room, a business meeting, the atmosphere changes. You go into a marketplace, the atmosphere changes because you carry the kingdom and all its glory. This is the thing you've got to expand the tent pegs of your mind. You carry the kingdom and all its glory inside of you. All right? So Jesus is a prototype. When he went in Luke 19, he went into Israel. Sorry, he went into Jerusalem riding on a donkey. Right? The whole atmosphere changed. He just, just he was the he was the gate with legs, right? Of the kingdom. He said, I'm the door, John 10. He goes into Jerusalem, 
whole atmosphere changed. Hosanna in the highest. Blessing. Everybody in sync comes in in harmony, just worshipping the Lord. He changed the whole atmosphere and the religious institution freaked out and they got all messed them up. But they said, do you hear what these children are saying? And the Lord said, well, it just happens like, I'm just paraphrasing, you know, if, if they don't, the stones will. Yeah. Because I had, let me stop there for a minute. I actually had a visitation in heaven when I was in Hong Kong. And I, had, I saw the metropolitan areas of heaven. I got caught up in the third realm. And there was these frequencies of sound, but it wasn't, sorry, it wasn't sound, but it, it was, there is sound frequencies here, but this is a frequency but it's beyond sound, but there's this harmony I couldn't explain. Beautiful. And everything is worshipping the Lord, even the plant life. Everything's just worshipping wow. God. So can you feel the anointing coming in the room right oh, now? Yeah. Right? So that's I'm about what, to just put the mic down and just let you talk. Yeah, it's just. But the thing is, it's like the atmosphere is changing right yeah. now when you start talking about it. But what happens is that that encounter I had every time I go into a meeting now, it changes that. It, it, the King of Glory is in me, and everything starts to come in line. So the atmosphere changes. You start having people, you know, like some of them can manifest, but some of them can actually be eating out of the palm of your hand. Mm. I was in a. This is a. This is interesting. I was in that same trip in Hong Kong, and one of the women who was a businesswoman said, I want you to meet some really um, profound business people, okay? Renowned business people, I should say. Okay, so all of a sudden I go to the Bank of China in, in, you know, in Hong Kong. Oh, Bank of China, okay. We go on this you know, lift going up to about 75th floor, and it was quite, it was twilight where you, know, you see the whole Hong Kong, I don't know if you've been there, it's New York of Asia, you know. No, but I've watched, Batman Begins is one of my favourite movies and yeah. there's, a, there's a scene where he's in Hong Kong. Yeah. In a building. Yeah. Incredible place. It's yeah. like, like it's, the, it's Hong Kong, Asian Hong Kong, so, you know. Sorry, it's, it's an Asian New York, I should say. And, um, but I was on the 75th floor and I go into the Bank of China board meeting and I'm just dressed like I am now. I said, what? I said you should have warned me. What? what? Anyway, the atmosphere was pretty intense. I go in there, started speaking. The atmosphere changed. Todd was with me, by the way. He was with me as well. Todd Weatherly, my guy I planted the church with, Field of Dreams. The whole atmosphere changed, and then we started ministering to people. But they had ears to hear. They were like listening. Wow. And I started interpreting dreams. I had this, this heavy-set Chinese man at the end of the table. And he, um, he was um, uh, listening. And as I interpreted his dream, his lip was quivering and he started getting emotional. And he said, when I was a child in Hong Kong, when I was a child in China, I was a child and in China they told me there's no God. And he started getting emotional and tears coming down his eyes. We prayed for him and he received Christ. Wow. And the rest was like dominoes, you know. It's incredible. And that's called changing atmospheres. So when you go into a business meeting like that, right, I'm pretty sure you can, you know, uh, also on the top of that, a duel will get pretty signed pretty easily if you're actually going into pitch, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> but that's exactly, you know, that was my initial question, which I um, articulated poorly, but that's exactly, 
yeah, that's oh so good. Yeah, so good. Um, while we're going deep, I mean, geez, there's not many business podcasts talking about this stuff. This is why I love it. Um, how how can we partner with the angelic? And this is one that will be will get people a bit controversial, I think, which is awesome. Yeah, people um, do um, freak out a bit when, well, when it's, I. It seems to be one way or another. People are quite obsessed with with angels and that kind of pursuit yeah. of angels, or it's like, whoa, like you're crazy, man. What are you talking about? Yeah, and look. Um, it's the way it's got to be delivered, yeah. and uh, New Ages worship angels, and they're not really angels, they're angels of light, so demons masquerading as some demons, fallen, the fallen race uh, of angels can masquerade to be, themselves to be anything, really, they can mm. be fairies, or, you know, there's times where aliens as well, mm. and there are also, um, you know, um, I won't go there, but there's other dimensions that have beings. So you'll never, if you go into the time, space, matter of the planets around us in this universe, you won't find life because it's interdimensional. Yeah. All right. So, but angels are essential to our ministry. And uh, the question, or let me say this, is, and I want to ask people out there, I'm, I'm sh- probably won't get an answer, but you probably will answer when you listen to this, is that. When you see your pastor ministering on Sunday, he's ministering to you at the pulpit, do you worship him? No. But you receive from him. Yeah. You receive from the pastor. Is he a minister? He's a minister. So he's a minister, you're listening to him, and you're receiving from him the word of the Lord. So in the unseen world that supersedes this world, there are ministering spirits, angels. So they can come and minister to you, but you don't worship them. Okay, I worship the King of Glory. It says in Colossians chapter 2, it says that to be careful of those who puff themselves up and talk about all these great things they've seen, and they start talking about the worshipping of angels without embracing the head. And who is the head? Jesus. Mm. Right? So I want to put that straight right now, put that to bed if anybody's really freaking out right now. I don't worship angels and we never should worship angels, but you have a great ministry team around you and even Jesus promised that to Nathaniel. He said, you know, what happened was uh, in John chapter 1, Philip went to get Nathaniel. He said, "Someone's, uh, we met the Messiah from Nazareth. Could, can anything good come from Nazareth? So he goes and sees the, the Messiah. Can you imagine the Messiah in flesh just walks out in the courtyard and just looks and stares straight through Nathaniel and he goes he goes this man there's nothing false in this one how do you know me and he says I saw you under the fig tree now it wasn't that was a word of knowledge but but the thing is what freaked out Nathaniel it wasn't the fact that he gave a word of knowledge because a lot of people can do that the fact that he encountered the same Jesus under the fig tree he encountered the Lord under the fig tree, like he had this encounter, and he went, "Oh, it's you." Yeah. And he said, "He said you're the true king of Israel." He goes, "You believe because of that, you're going to see greater things. You're going to see the angelic realm. You're going to see angels ascending and ascending on the Son of Man, and you're going to inherit that because you're going to become under that gate that Jacob saw, all right? Because Jacob, Jacob was a bit of a deceiver. He was a little bit false, but he was hungry. His passion and faith brought him into that." Mm. promised by wrestling with God 
but this man Nathaniel doesn't have to wrestle with God. He just comes. He just actually he was he. There's nothing false in him. Yeah. So it was significant that he said that. That he's just going to. He was going to possess Jesus in the time of the resurrection and the outpouring in 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 in, in Acts two. We're all in becoming to that possession of carrying Christ and we line up with that gate and we come into the cascade of that angelic realm. So we have an angelic realm around us and when we start to speak and release the word of the Lord, we can mobilize angels. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, so what does that look like in, in business as an example? Okay. Uh, now, um, for me... Um, there's, there's a revelatory angel. There's different types of revelatory angels. John the Apostle had a revelatory angel. They can release inventions and uh, can show you strategies, right, with your business. So you can ask the Holy Spirit as you're praying, say, Lord, send me a, a revelatory angel. Give me creative ideas, right? So angels release visions. They can, right? Also, angels can bring prosperity, there's a prosperity angel in the scriptures. Did you know that? Mm. You know, you know where that is. No. It's in Genesis twenty four forty. Okay, yeah. so when Abraham, there's look when Abraham's servant went ahead of Abraham in Genesis twenty four forty. All right. There's an angel that went ahead of Abraham that brought prosperity. Right. So there's these financial angels. They can bring prosperity and wealth. Okay, but also um, this is interesting. I was ministering to this businessman, and he invented uh, a mold for foundations. I'm not sure exactly how to explain it, but he had this invention that God gave him in a dream. Right? Yeah. And the Lord gave him this invention through an angel for this dream. And it was such a success, he was making a fortune out of it. But what happens is, I've got to be careful how I say this, I won't mention the name, but there was some bikey gangs that were, you know how there's bikey organisations that are into criminal activity and they criminally make money, but also they can do some, some of the high-level bikers they get out of, once they make their money with crime, they make their money legit you know as they as they actually make a lot of money they they start making money properly they don't they don't want to risk it you know what i mean mm. that makes sense yeah that's what i was told by this this gentleman and so they were investing into foundations right and they had a found the bikies had a foundation company you know the high level you know some of the senior level the guys of the bikie games were in the foundations and um they wanted this product that this man had that God gave him. They tried to muscle him out of it. They tried to, they they offered him a price, but he wouldn't accept it. But they're kind of a bit like we're going to make you an offer you can't refuse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So he came around all stressed, and you know, uh, and I said, "Look, God's bigger than all this." You know. You know, um, I won't mention his name, but. There's better angels we have, you know. There's angels that are from heaven that will that will protect you, and you're the ki- you're the king of the kid. You, you, you're sorry, you're the you're the kid of the kingdom, right? Kid of the king. 
sorry, I'm still dealing with dyslexism. <laughs> but, um, but what happened was uh, I said that we're, we're going to pray because he said they're coming around tomorrow night. And this is like he's this guy was freaked out. Yeah, yeah, I bet. He looked a bit like a biker himself. He come from a heavy scene, this guy. But he, you know, this is an Adelaide. He, he you know, he's really coming into wealth. So and I said, look, let's just pray for angels around this whole area, right? Uh, God's given you this. This is yours. This doesn't belong to these men. And you know, we decree the blood of Jesus. The blood gives access to everything. So we just decreed in the name of Jesus, through the power of the blood, we decree angels around this property. And tomorrow night, we thank you, Lord, for protecting this man. His name's Nick. That's all I say. Protect Nick with these angels. We had this prayer session. We had a real breakthrough in the things of the Spirit that night. Mm. He was actually smiling. Like, I didn't realize he had teeth, you know. So <laughs> what happened was, this is a true testimony. He rang me so excited. The next day after that meeting, he said, these guys came, these bikers stepped on the premises and they're all screaming and yelling because they were frozen. <laughs> they couldn't move. Going, ah, ah, they were frozen, these guys. And they were like, what's happening? Like this. Oh, <laughs> they were frozen, stuck on the, on the driveway, four of them. That's incredible. And they couldn't move. They were screaming to the point that just got released and they ran away. <laughs> wow. That is... Isn't that insane? That is insane. But, it, like, we're not even scraping the surface of what's available to us, are we? That's exactly right. I mean, that's just, that's just you know, that's protection. It's great, but God can do far greater things than that. Mm. He can transfer billions of dollars by just one strategy. Yeah. You know, God sending an angel to work with you. You know? Yeah. Um, by giving you words to say, yeah, being at the right place at the right time. So you know, my father. Um, let me say this: my father, God bless him, he's a businessman. But you know, he's a, you know, I wouldn't say he's a like intellectual genius, right? And the same like me, I'm not an intellectual genius. But my father had this gift of being at the right place at the right time. Now, here in Adelaide, there was a, you know, when he got his first breakthrough in the 80s, um, he, ha- he, in, he had this, all this land at St. Peter's. St. Peter's is quite a beautiful mm. area. But he, in, he bought this land for rock bottom price and he had something like 30 units to build at St. Peter's. But it was got it for nothing. But it was the right place at the right time. But he made $2 million profit on it in 1985 that's a lot of money back then it's a lot of money now but a lot of money back then but he just made that money bang right and then with that money makes money and but god's got to give you the strategy and wisdom and and your lord wants to release angels revelatory angels and also the angelic realm around you not only just have the ideas and the inventions but to be at the right place at the right time to lead you the holy spirit will lead you You've got an angelic army around you, but to be at the right place in the right time and say the right thing at the right time. And that's what happened to my father. He had that gift. And I remember uh, another ministry, um, um, oh, Ella, uh, Anna Mendez. Uh, have you heard of Anna yeah. Mendez? Yeah, yeah she's a friend of ours. And she said there's a guy who supernaturally, I think he had an angel with him, 
But he supernaturally looked at a property and go, nah. Look at another one. Nah. He's staring at his property. Nah. And they go, yes. Why? I see gold under that. (laughs) (laughs) Like he sees it in the spirit gold, which means prosperity coming. When you purchase that property, you're going to make a lot of money out of it, you know? What a what a tool to have at your at your disposal yeah, when you're you in business. Want that guy hanging around? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> I guess um, you know before we get to my my final round of of quick questions, what does the future look like to you? I mean, I'm I'm reading uh, your most recent book at the moment, the Elijah Invitation. I think I'm about halfway through it, so I don't I haven't completely um, got through where you're at. Yeah. Um, but particularly given the circumstances, like what are you seeing? coming up ahead for not just people in business but for but for believers in general who are operating like this okay what i see is that um things are changing quickly and i don't know if you remember me you're reading about god putting his finger on the pause button yeah it's kind of what's happening right now yeah right god's putting his finger on the pause button and it's the same with the tower of babel uh, back in genesis 11 people don't realize was actually there was technology back then Right, there was people that were advanced. Why would God build a say? Uh, so why would these these people build a tower to get to heaven, right? And why would they do that? They're not, you know. So it almost sounds like it's immature, you know. Like, and there's, there's, if you look at it literally, like they're dumb. But there's obviously something supernatural that they they were tapping into, and there was something scientific, you know, that they were tapping into and but god put his finger on the pause button and changed all everything because that was because the interesting thing is god was concerned because he said they're going to become like us who's our who what does he mean by us father son holy spirit right because they're becoming well advanced they're going to become like us so god put his finger on the pause button and changed all that because that was in jeopardy if man was becoming so advanced was in jeopardy of bringing the redemption plan of god into into the earth Right. So the same thing happening now that technology is increasing dramatically. Things are happening so quickly. But God's putting his finger on the pause button right now. He's stopping everything. And the enemy, you know, is, is this this virus is not from God, it's the devil. Right? But God is allowing some stuff, right? Because you know, I don't want to be critical with the church. I'll never tear down the church uh, or the bride because, you know, if someone speaks against my wife, I get a little bit punchy. So I don't want to speak against Christ's bride, you know what I mean? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You know, but I don't believe the church is ready yet. And God sees it's kind of in the Western world. Then there's some mighty people of God, and I've come across some legends, some people that are so amazing in God and so full of God and so inspirational but they don't have any high profile and they're in a jungle somewhere right and it brings tears to my eye and sometimes some of these people are so godly I feel like I'm the devil around them you know what I mean yeah. <laughs> you know what I feel like I've got to get my head together you know what I mean I mean but and, and that's what and that's what the true church looks like and the western church is, is kind of you know doing patty cake at the moment you know playing games a bit you know, and I don't mean to be critical, but it's it's not ready. It's kind of everybody's. It's kind of a lot of false honouring and a bit of, you know, a bit of kind of oh, a lot of talk, but not really changing the world. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Society still stays the same. These legislations still come in and they bring changes. They're still killing babies, you know, before they're born, even nearly full term. You know, there's no there's no changes. You know what I mean? Uh, I mean, there is some there's some good things that have been done in the community, but just don't get me wrong. And I've been, too, but I just believe the church is going to look completely different the way it looks in the future. In the future, sorry, the church is going to look completely different the way it looks now. I should yep. say. So, I really believe that God is doing a transition and He's raising up the church to move in the spirit of the power of Elijah. Now, Elijah came, who was a Tishbite, who was a restorer. He he opened a can of whip bottom. He he actually took out those those demonic spirits, right? He you know God did this, but he used Elijah. Cut, shut down all the altars and the false prophets, right? Because Israel was in a mess. Israel was completely lusting after other gods. And that all happened because one leader did that, and that was David. Right? He committed adultery, and then he had problems with his family. And the family was sort of chaos and sexual mm-hmm. sin, but then the whole nation committed adultery with Baal, right? So what does God do? He sends the Elijah, who's an, he's an elite, like a specialist. Mm. Right? So that happened. And then the same things happened again with the times where the Romans came in. You know, years later, the Romans came in, you know, Romans were breathing down their neck. There was this intimidation. These laws came in, restrictions. You know, people were saying, Lord, where are you? What's going on? Israel was on the edge of, you know, you know the plan of God was was in jeopardy it seemed to be like that but god was in control but what does god do he sends another elijah the baptist right Mm. so it wasn't to build a natural kingdom but he had a massive revival of repentance they're massive this this man like he didn't there was no records of signs and wonders but man he moved in such an authority where there was millions that repented before the lord and he was preparing the hearts the hardened hearts becoming Mm. soft and prime ready for the Messiah, the first coming. Right? Now, there was two men came in the spirit of Elijah, but in the last days there is um, there is an Elijah coming, but it's not actually one man. And if you, that's why this deception when some of these great men of God, they you know, they were great men of God, but they started listening to their own headlines and believing that Elijah and that doesn't happen that way in this new covenant era the new covenant era the spirit of Elijah is not going to come as one man but as a corporate body and it's going to it's going to bring such an authority it's going to be a company the church is going to be above the system it's going to have influence over leaders of this world the Nebuchadnezzars of this world and um, like Nebuchadnezzar was undone you know when mm. Daniel revealed the true God of the of all existence he was undone that's going to happen there's going to be such a, a a harvest of souls coming but let me say this for the even those who are in business um, Daniel um, he had a mind of business he was a polit- he also was a mind mm. of politics Joseph was a, had a mind of business he was good at what he did right and, and I want to encourage also the business people out there, be good at what you do, but make that as a base of your, you know, of what you do when it comes to business. But the, 
the true um, let me say this your true destiny is to tap into the supernatural and stand before leaders and 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 I believe there's many business, Christian business people are going to be like Daniels who are going to stand before these Nebuchadnezzars and Josephs and stand before pharaohs I should say and unlock mysteries interpret dreams uh, bring 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 revelation right and favor is going to be coming upon a lot of business people in this in this era because the, the spirit of Elijah is going to rise up corporately but specifically there's going to be the business people are going to be the Daniels and the Josephs right because Daniel uh, let me say this Joseph he interpreted dreams for Pharaoh he unlocked mysteries right but that was one thing that gave him his freedom and impressed Pharaoh but you know what impressed Pharaoh the most that gave Joseph a promotion and gave him uh, Joseph the authority to uh, govern in the natural as well as in the spirit he gave Pharaoh the solution to the problem yeah. because of his business expertise right he unlocked he had he had he had Joseph's sorry he had Pharaoh's attention Joseph had Pharaoh's attention with the revelation something supernatural right but then he had the wisdom from above kind of submerged with his his skills he had the wisdom from above to bring the solution to the problem and that's what promoted uh, Joseph to be second in charge of a whole nation. That's what gave Joseph the ability to govern the whole nation and have the whole earth come to him with wanting the grain. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so there's going to be business people that are going to be a part of this corporate Elijah, but they're going to be kind of slightly different. They're going to be like the Daniels and the Joseph, but they're actually going to give... They're going to, they're going to bring so much wisdom to the leaders, the ruthless, ungodly leaders in this world, and they're going to get saved and born again, and they're going to be such. There's going to be such a harvest, and such a revelation what it is to govern money as well, to bring a harvest of souls. Mm. Amen to that. Mm. Yeah, so good. Um, yeah, I mean, I've I've taken up a lot of your time, so I'll um, <laughs> I'll um, refine now just to to my final set of questions, which I'm, I'm asking all the guests. Um, on this show, uh, some weapons to, to equip our listeners. What would be the one daily habit you'd recommend uh, to enable us to get on the front foot every day? Well, this is what I would recommend. And this is, there's another book called The Supernatural Man that I've written. Yep, my wife's reading it right now. Yeah. And that, is she? Oh, good. Well, that um, that's what brought my whole destiny into into a manifestation in my life, right, is praying in tongues, right? As you read that story about the first few chapters, it's a bit of testimony of my encounter of how I went from business, uh, but I went into full-time, um, uh, went into a full-time ministry, and, you know, I really, funny you say about business today is I, I really believe I'm going to go back into business uh, in the future but God gave me a season of writing books and and internationally uh, speaking to uh, multitudes but also speaking to leaders and this happened through uh, in my quiet time just praying in tongues now we all have 
uh, a blueprint in heaven what God has for you. All right? Now we're saved, we're born again, but God has the blueprints for you. And for that to manifest in the natural, for you to walk out his will, not your will, I already believe praying in tongues, which is self-edification tongues. Now there's different four different kinds of diversions of tongues. One spirit, the Holy Spirit, but there's different types of tongues. I won't go into that deeply, but it talks about it in First Corinthians 14. It talks about intercession as well. There's also tongues... Um, for the unbeliever in Acts 2 when they spoke in a different language which I've done that I've spoken Hebrew without any, without even knowing the language so that can happen but there's also tongues for self-edification hmm. which says in the book of Jude build yourself up in your most holy faith always praying in the Holy Spirit right and also Romans 8 26-27 is we utter groans that words cannot express and as we're praying in tongues Right? As we're uttering groans that words cannot express, the Holy Spirit on your behalf is interceding to the Father in accordance to God's will. Now, Andrew, I want to ask you the question. Do you want God's will in your life? Of course. Do you want it to manifest? Yep. Pray in tongues. Yeah. Right? Now, someone might say, well, I don't have t- time to do that. You can actually do it under your breath. You don't have to do it really loud. You can just do it under your breath. I wouldn't recommend to do it really loud in a supermarket or anything like that. Or, um, but you can you can do it under your breath. But also, a lot of us we find ourselves alone probably an hour or two hours a day when we're driving. Right? We might even by forty five minutes you might be on the road going to and fro to work. Pray in tongues in that time. Commit yourself to pray in tongues. But what I love about this when it says in, in it says in First Corinthians fourteen, I think it's verse two, it says. When you pray in tongues, right, you're not praying to, to men, you're praying to God. And when you pray in tongues, your mind is unfruitful. What does that mean? Okay, mind is unfruitful. When you task praying, you're thinking about what you're praying. But when you're praying in the Spirit, your mind's not thinking about anything. It's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's inside of you, interceding for you. So that the will of the perfect will of God can be manifest in your life. I can't think of anything greater. I had just such a revelation of this. It hit me like a brick in a good way. I started praying in tongues. And you don't have to be extreme like I am. But, you know, Pastor Todd said to me, Adam, he calls me Tomo, Tomo. He goes, you're just extreme. He goes, if you see a tornado, you won't walk around it. You'll walk through it, you know. <laughs> I'm like that. So what I did, I was so hungry for the will of God. I got so fed up of living for myself. And you know how you hear someone say, look at that guy, he's full of himself. You know? And I was, I was full of myself. But I want to be full of God. Right? So I started praying in tongues. And this is not exaggeration. You can ask Todd Weatherly, pastor. You can ask, my, ask Adrian Bill, the co-author. My wife, she's a great exaggeration thermometer, she'll tell you. <laughs> but for two years I prayed in tongues, six hours a day, five days a week for two years. I just prayed in spirit. Wow. And let me tell you, that were the best times of my life. And everything completely, it was like a metamorphosis. I just completely changed, transformed from a worm into a butterfly. And that, I want to just give you that, that answer is, I would just commit myself to praying tongues at least a half an hour a day under your breath. Listen to the, you can listen to the word, listen to scripture, listen to teaching, listen mm. to worship. That's the beauty about it. Yeah. And because it says, 
if you don't know what to pray for, just pray in the spirit. Yeah. In fact, it's better. Yeah. So good. Yeah, that's brilliant. What about a verse of inspiration? You've referred to a number of um, awesome verses. Colossians, a bit of a common thread through um, through this interview. Is there any particular verse that we should be uh, leaning into right now? Uh, I love um, Colossians. I think it's Colossians. Was it? Oh, I've got a bit of a mental blank. Colossians 2, 9 and 10, I think it is. Um, the fullness of the deity of the Godhead dwells in bodily form and has authority over it has authority over every power. I just gotta make sure I confirm that so I don't um That's all right. Um Colossians two, nine and ten. Two Okay, for in Christ the fullness of the deity of the Godhead dwells in bodily form. And verse 10, it says that um, the fullness of the deity of the Godhead dwells in bodily form. And in verse 10, it says we have a th- it gives us authority over every power. So I love that scripture. Mm. It's one of my favorites. Um, also, um, I love how Paul, these great apostles like Paul, John, they got caught up in the third realm. John, Revelation four, he saw, he saw the you know, angels, holy, holy, holy. He saw the throne room, four living creatures. Ezekiel had that in Ezekiel chapter one. But Paul the apostle, when he went through that transition for himself, he went through fourteen years before he actually started to preach. When I studied his life, fourteen years after the road to Damascus, he was just going through this time of, of transformation. And he says in Second uh, Corinthians 12, I knew a man 14 years ago uh, that got caught up in the third realm. And um, uh, he was talking about himself. But he said that um, I saw inexpressible things I was permitted to speak about. Now, it wasn't like he wasn't allowed to say it at all. Mm. There was a time where he had to keep it in himself before it was a time for him to speak. But he said, as you read it, he goes, I go move on with visions and revelation. Now, just some of you listening right now, you might be in a mainstream church, and they're great churches, don't get me wrong. Right? But um, I really want to encourage you to ask the Lord to give you visions and revelation. God speaks to you in visions and revelation. And that can come by just waiting upon the Lord after you're soaking and being in his presence and just waiting there and just you go into that half sleep and half awake mode it's called an alpha sleep they call it but what happens you get these images go through your mind and God can speak you can hear voices you know the angelic voice I've, I've encountered that see John the apostle encountered that right the apostle Peter on the rooftop encountered that Paul the apostle in Acts 22 17 he was in the temple and he had went into a trance and the lord spoke to him see the apostle paul says i pray in tongues more than you all right and he wrote 25 percent of the of, of the new testament mm. and he was a man that he was preparing himself and he was praying in the spirit and he had these vision encounters and he got caught up in the third realm i just want to encourage you pray in tongues yeah pray in tongues and just 
you know, be in that place, even if you do it about an hour a day, in three months you'll start to go, something's happening. Something, I'm, wow, something's shifting in my life. Wow, I, and someone will go, I can't believe you just said that. That was so profound. And you go, well, it's got to be God, can't be me. You know, you start to, yeah. you become supernatural. Love it, love it. What about, is there a worship song that's top of your playlist at the moment? Uh, one of my worst, great worship songs at the moment is, uh, let me tell you this, it's, uh, I'm not, you know, for me, I used to be, I know I've done a lot of things, but I used to be a rock singer. I had a rock band. I reckon band. I've seen a few clips on your Instagram. Yeah, yeah, I used to, um, you know, look, I, I, I was a skinny white boy, looked like David Lidroth. But I used to sing, <laughs> used to sing, and I used to, I was really into music. I used to record a lot of it. So a lot of, not being negative, but a lot of, some of the Christian stuff I thought was a little bit lame. Yeah, and there's definitely. some stuff that's really good. All right. So I really like, um, um, oh, hang on. There's just. There was some music I actually got off you. I reckon one of um, your conferences that I attended last year, I think you mentioned some music from Isaac Nesbitt um, in terms of like atmosphere. Oh, the atmospheric stuff, yes. Yeah. I mean, that's what I know that's slightly different to what I'm, what I'm talking about. Yeah, well, I, when, I, when I worship the Lord, I listen to the atmospheric. You can actually download worship pads, right? Some of them... I found a couple that sounded like that experience I had when I was caught up in the third realm in Hong Kong. Mm. And that kind of gives me kind of a real, a, like a recall of what's actually happened. And that's when I, when I hear those sounds and I go into worship and I pray in the spirit, I kind of have a recall of that encounter. It's really cool. Yeah. And that's when you start to carry that and the atmosphere changes. So I always use those, mm. um, those, uh, I, those worship pads but there's one song that I do listen to a lot is Storm All Around Me hang on um, hang on just bear with me I'm just going to find yeah, here we go Storm All Around Me live and that's a really good song uh, that I listen to um, yeah um, Magnificent Obsession I think is the uh that's good. Yeah. Storm all around me. I love that. That's really has an at- it brings an atmosphere when I actually worship the Lord. Uh, there's a lot of the other scriptures like um, uh, there's you know, a lot of other uh, uh, worship songs with great scriptures in it. Yeah. But uh, that's that one. I'm just been really into that one lately. So that's good. And um, a book. Now you mentioned um, the book off the top, which was awesome. Can't remember it, but I'm going to go back on the recording and I'll write it in the. I'll be writing it in the show notes of the podcast so that people can easily refer to these. So there was a, the book you mentioned off the top. Any others that you'd recommend to empower listeners right now? Um, I used to love that book. Um, I would say if you want to start, if you kind of. You've been in a mainstream church and you really want to um, uh, grow in the Holy Spirit. There's a great book from Benny Hinn called Good Morning Holy Spirit. That's a really good book to start, just to start entering into the presence of God and in that time of soaking. Now, Benny Hinn, you know, to some people he's not, I mean, he's not necessarily my cup of tea, but he moved in power. I believe he's the real deal. And there's a great book called 
called Good Morning Holy Spirit. Okay? That's great. Um, uh, any other books is, um, I would say that um, The Intercessor's Handbook by Jennifer Evers is very good. Uh, she's a friend of mine. Um, and also, uh, Regions of Captivity from um, Anna Mendez. Feral, I believe that it's a very good book as well. I'm not sure how you would get that, Regions of Captivity. My, my wife's got it. I don't know how she got it. She, it completely changed Hannah's grid yeah. for everything, reading that last very year. Very powerful. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I guess uh, to, to finish off, we've had an awesome chat. I wonder if you'd uh, pray an impartation prayer, particularly with the stuff that you've opened up. I think that'll be really important sure. for our listeners. Sure. Okay. Holy, Holy Father, we thank you for your presence here right now. We thank you that you poured out your spirit onto the earth. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you're here. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you're, you're around us, you're in us, and as I pray, Lord, on this podcast, I thank you, Holy Spirit, for imparting into everybody who's listening right now. I know you're in all of us, but Lord, I thank you for a manifestation of you right now. As they're listening to this podcast, you're revealing yourself to them in a manifestation, Lord. And I thank you for an impartation of dreams, visions, as you poured out your spirit in Acts 2. Sons and daughters will prophesy, old men will dream dreams, young men will see visions. I thank you for this impartation of the dreams and visions lifestyle, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that the dreams and visions encounters will be so great. But on top of that, Lord, you're releasing the wisdom and revelatory knowledge, the wisdom from above in James uh, James one seventeen, the wisdom that comes from above that brings understanding, Lord. I thank you that you give them discernment. Everybody who's listening right now will have the wisdom to discern what you are saying, what the Holy Spirit is saying. Lord, I just decree this right now. Do you give them wisdom, Lord, to show them what you are saying in the dream encounters of the night and the visions, Lord. I prophesy, Lord God, that you're releasing the angelic realm. I decree, Lord God, that over everyone who's listening right now, they're lining up with the gate like Nathaniel did, like Jesus is. He is the gate. And I thank you that John 10, you said, I am the door. Anyone who comes in another way is a thief, but I am a door. I am the door, and whoever enters in shall be able to enter in, come and go, but enter into pastures that come and go. And I decree that whoever's listening to this right now is coming into a revelation of what it is to be in two places at the same time. The Spirit is operating from above, and their feet are walking the earth. So they're a terminal point right now. I decree that they're a terminal point of the power of God and the kingdom of heaven. We decree this through the power of the blood of Yeshua. And we thank you, Lord God, that these, whoever's listening right now, their lives are completely transformed with the kingdom's prosperity and wealth. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So good. I think, um, I think this is going to be a, a life-changing grid shifter for um, people listening so well thank you for having me i really appreciate it no adam thanks so much for your time i mean there's you know we could have gone for another couple of hours but (laughs) i really appreciate it and um yeah i'll um i'll include all the various links to um to your books and for other resources to to help people um walk through this because um as we said we're all only really scraping the surface yeah i just want to encourage this quickly out there look I'm not really a smart man. I mean, I know it sounds like Forrest Gump, but I'm not an over-educated man. I, mean, I was born with dyslexia. They thought that something was wrong with me. They didn't even know what it was back then. But, you know, it's just because I'm hungry and I'm lining up with the supernatural gate who is Jesus. 
and God's done the rest. So I'm sure there's people that have a lot more intellect than me out there. You, you know, God's going to use you powerfully, right? Just be encouraged. If He can use me, whoever's listening right now, you've got a, you've got a head start. Right. Amen. Thanks so much, Adam. Bless you, mate. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Make sure you subscribe on your favorite podcast platform so you don't miss an episode. And I'm keen to connect with you, hear how you're doing, and also send you some free resources. Make sure you sign up at supernaturalbusinesspodcast.com and you'll hear from me soon.